Hey there, welcome back. It's me, Zach, from Tarkaron. You know, if you don't know who I am, uh, I do a channel here. I have my own channel where I review stuff, generally music, uh, but lately I've been most active here on Tarkaron where I do videos with my friend Alec, where we review film, television, gaming, anything in that spectrum and beyond, really. Plus, every week we talk about Survivor. He's never seen it before, so we've been working through, chronologically, through the seasons where just now finishing up the Amazon season six. So while that's going on, concurrently with that, I'll be talking about Winners at War season 40 because I can't do that with him, but I really didn't want to miss the opportunity to talk about the Super Bowl of Survivor, the biggest season in history. And it's uh, has, I mean, we're only two episodes in, but basically three hours of Survivor in, and it is yet to disappoint. It's just firing on all cylinders, man. And if you told me the first people voted out of season 40 would be Natalie Anderson, Amber, and now Danny, I would I would not believe you at all. Those are all people I thought would be towards the end game, especially Amber and Danny. Like, wow. These are the under the radar players, the you know, soft spoken, not like power players, you know? So those are generally the people that go far especially when surrounded by all these huge targets. And yet all the huge targets are still there, which is why I'm loving the season, man. Tony, Sandra, Rob, Parvati, they're all there. I love Yule. There's a lot to love here. I love Ethan. Shoot. So the season starts with Rob getting bequeathed a fire token from Amber, which is a nice little moment. We all were kind of anticipating this because, you know, Amber was booted out, but, uh, this season with the fire tokens you kind of find out a little bit in advance so the actual reaction comes with the fire token so that's when we knew we'd probably get the reaction i was honestly expecting a more emotional reaction he kept it together pretty well honestly um in one of the confessionals it seemed like he was kind of te uh, teary-eyed like maybe he had been crying <laughs> i don't know but uh it was still a cool moment because you know he went to his confidant parvati and told her I don't know, I think I have some bad news. He's like, yeah, I'm not sure. It could be Sandra, which in the preview, we everybody assumed he was talking about it might have been Sandra, as in it might have been Sandra who orchestrated this against Amber, but he was really saying it might have been Sandra, as in it might have been Sandra who got booted out and bequeathed him a fire token. So that's how far Rob is removed. He really does not understand the ramifications of him not telling Sandra he would be out for this season um, because he thinks they're probably on good terms because he meant he mentioned offhandedly he was like Sandra might have had something to do with it and if so then this means war but you know he didn't have any real reason to believe that she was against him at this point so it's interesting but then in the beginning there was just so it was just rapid fire so much was happening because one hour, 43 minutes, and not nearly enough for Winners at War. It, was, it would be nice if we, they had two-hour episodes every week. Because you had immediately, it was like, Ben and Denise were just together, and he was showing her, helping her find an idol, and she does find an idol. And this was a good move by Ben, where he actually didn't ask for the half of the idol. I, well, I mean, it's arguable, but I think it's a good move in the long run, because Denise even said in the confessional that, you know, this helps her think that Ben would be a more reliable ally because he didn't immediately just ask for it. 
Uh, instead, he was like, use this to pull, pull someone else in. So Denise goes to Adam, and she brings up this idea of Parvati, which he immediately shoots down, which uh, is probably for the best, because Parvati, you know, is never going to be straightforward and solid with that, and it's like she'll want to use it mischievously, almost naturally. So Adam, in his own way, was smart about it, and was like, give it to me, because I, I am your number one, so why not? But for some reason, he was hesitant about working with Ben at all, which is interesting. I would have thought the new schoolers would be fully willing to work with each other. We had a bit, the only Yule stuff we got this episode was Yule and the breadfruit, which I knew from watching some secret scenes. I've been watching all the secret scenes this season, which have been great. I usually don't watch them uh, that often, but for this season, I want to make sure to watch them all because we need, we deserve more content than what we're getting, really, with this amazing season. And uh, there was a lot of breadfruit talk in there, and, and Sandra, Sandra didn't even get a mention in this episode in terms of the, in relation to the breadfruit, even though she seemed to be leading the charge in the secret scene. But Yule, I love Yule. I just uh, wish we got a little more of him this episode. It was just breadfruit for him. We got to see Kim talking about playing from the bottom and how different that is, which has already been fascinating to see her play a completely different spot than where she was in one world. And uh, she immediately, she finds an idol. I mean, we're just going rapid speed here through this episode. And she's, Denise finds an idol, gives, gives half to Adam. Kim finds an idol, gives half to Sophie, which Sophie herself even said was a really questionable decision that she wouldn't have made. She would have uh, given probably gone to Tyson with it which makes more sense but you know Kim's going with her gut she wants to get an ally on her side and she thinks that Sophie and her would work together well so from her perspective that's her perspective on it but I'm really interested in how this is going to go if Sophie's really just has no interest in this alliance or if there might actually be something coming from this even if Sophie might be hesitant with it we cut to Edge of Extinction for a bit where we see Natalie get lucky and Neither Natalie nor Amber solve the actual riddle, which is basically just reading the first letters of the of the message they got on Edge of Extinction for the water well. She just got lucky that she happened to go get water and just look down there. You know, it was basically at that point whoever went there first. And of course this was the safety without power advantage, which she was able to sell to someone for one fire token, which obviously there was no question going to be Jeremy. That's the, that's the one thing about having Natalie and Amber as the first two, which makes it really unexciting Edge of Extinction because you know 90, no, 100% you know who they're going to give any options or powers to. So it's like Natalie is there for Jeremy, Amber's there for Rob. It's straightforward to the point. Something like, like the opportunity Natalie got where she ended up giving Sandra the idol in the first episode. That's something more interesting dynamic where she ended up having to give to the tribe that wasn't her own. So there's a little more creativity there. Whereas even with the bequeathing of the fire tokens, that kind of shows the player's hands in a way. Because now Danny gave a fire token to Denise. So naturally you would expect her to give advantages to Denise as well. So it's like not going to be many big surprises unless someone like a Boston Rob or Parvati gets in there and does something crazy with it. Which I hope not. I'm hoping they stay in. So Jeremy, of course, buys it with one token, the safety without power, where you can walk out of the tribal council, 
which is a really weird advantage because, well, you need to just know in advance that you're super on the bottom and it's not worth even trying. This is like one of those things where you really, you really uh, hate yourself if you go in and get this, the kind of vibe Jeremy was getting in the first Tribal Council. If he went into Tribal Council and felt like, wow, something's off here. I don't like what she said. I don't like what he said to that question. And I'm getting a weird vibe. And then you're like, shoot, it's too late now for me to step out. Because it seems like you have to make that decision before Tribal Council. You know, you can't just leave in the middle of it. But uh, so then you're just sitting there like, oh, shoot, I'm really worried now. So it's a weird one. Because also it's like, it shows some... If you were in a good position, actually, and it was going to work out for you, it shows that you don't really have faith in your reliance at that point, too, if you just are going to up and walk out like that. But uh, we've yet to see in action, so it'll be interesting if it does come to pass. Tikal, the Tikal tribe wins immunity and spices, which is a huge reward, according to Jeff Probst, but not really. Sophie and Sandra really uh, killed it on the puzzle here. They beat Rob and Denise. And of course, I'm always super worried about Sele whenever they go to Tribal Council, even though it's only been twice now. it's I'm going to have a heart attack each time they go because, honestly, Rob, Parvati, and Ethan are probably three of the players I'm pulling for the most. Just because, you know, I really love Ethan this season especially, and it's cool to have the most old school players still around. Um, one of the most old school players. And... Rob and Parvati are just powerhouses, and I love to watch them play. They're two of my favorite players ever, so of course I want them to stick around. The fact that they're still here seems like a miracle to me already, so I'm like, wow, maybe one of them or both of them could actually make merge. Am I getting my hopes up? I don't know, because there's still a few weeks left of pre-merge, so it's really going to be tough for them. I forgot to mention the Tony, Tony ladder moment. I love Tony. He's another one I'm super rooting for and hoping he goes far gets a chance to pull some stuff out. But uh, that was a great moment. Moments like that are always awesome. And it's, it's, it's a good side for Tony to show, for sure. Because it's very non-threatening. Uh, and then we had the Cops Are Rust thing with Sarah. Which Sarah, like, does not seem to be doubting in the slightest. Like, they, I know they've known each other for years now, she said. And they know each other outside of the game. So there's definitely a confidence that comes from that. But the fact that it's the same name is really unsettling to me like the fact that you just be on board with the same alliance name that was your undoing in your first season and it's just accepted at face value like that but i really would love to see this play out well because tony and sarah are two that people expected to have trouble early on and here we are they seem like in a great they're in a great position really right now and here there's so much stuff happened up to this episode and then Here's the biggest thing, is the complete self-destruction of Danny Boatwright. And uh, this is one of the most exemplary showcases of how you can destroy your own game in a nutshell. Um, largely based on paranoia, and uh, in her case, honestly, inexperience. And, you know, obviously the distance from the time she played, how different the game is, maybe. But... You know, that's not an excuse, because we haven't seen Ethan do anything like that, really. And he was from Season 3, so, I mean, no real excuse. But Parvati, or whoops, Danny, just showed, wow. Um, paranoia, I mean, 
perhaps uh, shame on the old schoolers for leaving her out. They were just having fun laughing without her over together, isolated on the beach. So it's not a good look for sure. But uh, <laughs> it seems they were completely on board with keeping with being solid with Danny moving forward. It wasn't even a doubt in their mind until she comes out in front of Ben and Ethan and and says. Uh, how she feels like she's on the outs for sure. When she talked to Rob, uh, he was talking about how he was still old school strong. You know, bringing up the old school strong thing in front of Ben. Awful mistake. Ugh. And then uh, it was all downhill from there because then she went on to tell Boston Rob that uh, she'll be her, her his for the game if uh, he's willing to work with her. So was, let's vote Parvati. And wow, completely, a complete lack of awareness in the game for sure. Because it seems most people have a grasp on the fact that they're at least close, if not the most close in on that island right now. So the fact that she didn't see that Rob would clearly not vote against her is, is pretty crazy. But she was just getting so desperately desperate for no reason at that point. And then uh, from that, it was a quick escalation into Tribal Council, where there was a lot of shows going on in Tribal Council, a lot of talk, funny, fun interactions between Ben and the old schoolers, <laughs> talking about paranoia, and then Rob doing his godfather thing, where let's, let's find out who has the idol, let's all dump out our bags, which is a new thing, but proved to be uh, pretty ineffective. Adam and Denise were on the opposite side, of tribal council, but still not a super effective uh, one. If you really wanted to be the godfather in that moment, you would have to go to one by one down their bags to really inspect. But uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I, I can imagine is just like maybe he was paranoid about Ben maybe having the idol and doing something with it because I can't imagine he thought Danny would have it. But just knowing the vote is so unanimous, was so unanimous against Danny really makes you wonder how much of that was so like the other people were, were in on that seemed completely improvised from Rob like no one expected it but who knows it's, it's just a weird it was a weird tribal council for a tribe that was completely united against Danny in that moment but uh, I was I'll tell you what I was completely terrified for Parvati there I'm gonna be terrified every time she goes to tribal council probably um, hopefully that's a lot of tribal councils but you know, it was really pulling for her, but I was like, I was 70% sure it was Barbity going tonight. Because I was like, I couldn't justify in my mind why they would vote out Danny. Like, the new schoolers have the numbers and uh, could vote out uh, Parvati right there. It just seems like the obvious choice. But honestly, that's maybe me looking at it a little too straightforward. Because when you think about it, if you have a swap or something... And, and like Adam ended up with Rob and Ethan, that kind of thing. You wouldn't want to end up on a tribe with people who are kind of ticked off with you, you know, if you blindsided them. And uh, this was, like Michelle said, it was a bit of an appease vote, which uh, makes sense in that, through that lens, you know, because everybody was on board with Danny. You didn't have to blindside a whole faction of the tribe to to get her out so it worked out and it also takes an old school number away so it's you know not your perfect 
get, but damn near close to it. Alright, that's it for this episode. I'm really excited to see the rest of the season, to see the next episode. And, whew, 